Hello and welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Energy Podcast. On this week's episode, we'll be chatting about a cheater caught red-handed at the Bogota special event this past weekend. We'll also talk about the tournament results from Bogota, as well as the Philippines and Indonesia championships that took place this past weekend as well. We'll have Guess That Flavor Text, everyone's favorite segment of the podcast. Even if it's not your favorite segment, we all know it really is your favorite <laughs> segment. <laughs> and then we'll different. close out the uh, the episode by chatting about the Hartford and Malmo Regional Championships, as well as the Buenos Aires special event taking place this weekend. Tons of Pokemon tournaments happening right now, Azul. And uh, yeah, that's right. I'm Chip Ritchie here, joined by my co-host, as always, Azul GG. What's going on, Zul? How we doing, man? I'm doing all right. Had a uh, productive week with content, of course. And then I finally got my, I think I mentioned it last week on the podcast. I got my PS5. I didn't set it up yet, but I've been playing some Ragnarok. I'm not too deep into the game yet. And then I also, I mean, I'm going to play the new Star Wars game. And I also like during buying my PS5, I also bought the um, the game Horizon Zero Dawn because I'd heard it was really, really good. So you, it's and, the first one, right? You didn't buy the new one. Yeah, 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 I bought the first one. Yeah, that's why I can't do that. Like, it's like whenever I, like, I know there's some people out there who will like, you know, watch the second of a movie or just like start a series as like a a TV show in the middle of a like in season three or something, just because that's yeah. the one that's like on right now. I can't do that. I have to. I have to have the full complete. And I'll even go like as far out of my way to watch all the side stuff or like play all the side games. I like having the complete package. Um, as long as I enjoy. So you didn't you play know. GTA Five. You started with GTA One, and then I GTA played zero. I played zero. Okay. Of the GTA. <laughs> that is a game. If I was ever to play it, I would probably just pick up GTA Five. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. For the most part, <laughs> I like to get the complete package of whatever I'm uh, investing my time into. As long as I enjoy the whatever the series or game or whatever it might be. But yeah, so busy week. Uh, had some fun playing Ragnarok, and uh, yeah, getting ready for Hartford this weekend. What about you, Chip? How was your uh, How was your week? Uh, my week's pretty good. Yeah, I actually played a lot of my PS5 this week, and I've been playing Jedi uh, Survivor, which has been really good. I'm getting towards, like, I'm pretty sure, like, the end of the game. I thought I was already at the end of the game, but then something happened, and it's not the end of the game. You know, classic storytelling things, right? <laughs> um, I don't think I like it as much as the first one still. Um, the first one is just, like, really good, but this one is really fun. There's a lot more to do, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone who's going to play it, or you, because I know you're going to play it at some point, too. But um, <laughs> Yeah, it's fun, fun game for sure. Uh, really been enjoying it. And also I'm casting Hartford this weekend and it's the first tournament I have cast. I tweeted this. So it's the first tournament I've casted or like worked in six weeks. Um, and it feels like it's been forever. <laughs> it feels like, <laughs> I mean, this will be my first tournament in the new format. So it just feels like it has been so, so long. Uh, and I'm actually not technically going to be casting. I'm going to be doing the like lounge hosting segments, um, which I'm excited about. I always love doing that. Love trying to like, help find ways to fill the time that's not just playing videos over and over again trust me i know <laughs> people do not want to watch the videos over and over again i get it i don't want them to be played over and over again but sometimes i don't know it's just the nature of it sometimes unfortunately but hopefully i can find exists. plenty of things to to fill the downtime when the opportunity arises but yeah looking forward to hartford as going to be playing i'm going to be casting going to be a great weekend up in connecticut and hopefully I haven't actually even looked at the weather yet, but it's May, so I'm I'm thinking it won't be too cold, right? <laughs> no, it's not gonna. <laughs> It'll be like I don't know. I want to like look up the um, weather right now. It should be like pretty mild. Oh, 57, um, yeah. bro. That's whew, frigid. 
Well, yeah, but the highs are seventies. Like that's gonna be okay. We're fine. Right? Yeah. Actually, the high today was eighty three. So that's like too hot to be honest. And it's been like ninety fives over here. So I'm excited to get a little bit cooler weather, um, for sure. But uh, yeah, to start things off, we're gonna talk about the special event that went down. Not so much the event itself. We will talk about the results in a bit here. But the first thing we're gonna talk about is uh, the DQ that happened during the finals for some, uh, I mean, stacking of the deck that happened in top eight on stream. Uh, the player in question was uh, Edder. I don't know how to pronounce, how do you pronounce, Jirillo? Jirillo, I think. Jirillo, Jirillo maybe. Jirillo. Um, it's yeah. like the J is a Y and the double I or the double L is, I don't know, Spanish. I didn't do, I took online Spanish in high school and <laughs> got like a C in it, so... <laughs> Um, so yeah, Edder was made it all the way to the finals up against uh, Andrew Hedrick, um, a player from the U.S. And uh, they got DQ'd because during their top eight match, um, during their top eight match, they stacked their opponent's deck, and then in the in the middle of game two or three, I forget. I think it was in the in in game two, they stacked their own deck. So this first clip that you're watching here that Chip has up on the screen. Uh, what is happening is uh, they're about to offer the decks for the other player to cut. Uh, Edder picks up Jonathan's deck, starts shuffling it, and a couple times throughout the shuffle, you'll be able to see that Edder pulls a card. So anyone that's not listening or is not watching on YouTube, I'm trying to describe this as best as I can. So Edder is shuffling Jonathan's deck yeah. um, and is never changing the top card with the shuffles. Um, and at certain points through shuffling Jonathan's deck, Edder will pull just one card from the front of the deck, which is like... The, the bottom at the bottom of the deck yeah um the bottom of the deck which is like the card that edder probably can see best so theoretically i think what is happening here from edder um is that they're trying to put as many bad cards on top of the deck as possible um so that way when jonathan goes to draw their hand their hand just kind of sucks um so jonathan yeah. or edder takes jonathan's deck shuffles it quite a bit is pulling one card uh every now and then from the bottom of the deck leaving it on top never changing the top card of the deck leaving like the top you know five, six, seven cards, exactly the same, uh, and then passes the deck to Jonathan and then goes for a fist bump. And this is like, there was definitely some distraction tactics happening in the other clip. And this could be a similar thing here. Immediately goes for a fist bump to Jonathan as they hand the deck over. Um, it's like as soon as Jonathan to, touches his own deck as well. Yeah, like trying like... to dissuade Jonathan from cutting their own deck. Because when you shuffle your opponent's deck after they shuffle it, your opponent does have the option to cut their own deck. So if Jonathan cuts their deck, then all those bad cards theoretically go to the uh, middle of the deck, which is what Edder doesn't want, right? Edder wants Jonathan to theoretically draw those bad cards, which seems to be the way that Jonathan or Edder uh, was manipulating uh, the deck there in this first clip. Yeah, and if you watch this clip as well, it's on Twitter, and Azul actually posted a full video about it on his personal YouTube channel. So if mm -hmm. you want to check it out, you can watch that over there to see the clip as well. But um yeah, he, uh, I mean, you can look at Edder's face and see him, like, between talks, like, glancing down at yeah. the deck. Like, take he's taking a quick little peek to see what that bottom card is. And he's maybe <laughs> taking a mental note, like, oh, is that Drapion V? I want my opponent to open that. That's not a good card against me. I want to put that in their opening hand, or I don't know what it is. And I actually don't know, um, I know you watched this live as well. Could you see what Jonathan's hand was when he drew his opening seven cards? Like, could we see what the cards were? Like, did he have clunky stuff in his opening hand like mirage gate or whatever like things you don't want typically early on um i think in the original time i analyzed it i actually kind of messed up their hand wasn't very good jonathan's hand wasn't very good and someone actually told me that and i, I went back and rewatched it i didn't think i saw this happening i didn't like watch it more than once but that what actually happened was at the end of the shuffle edder actually puts 
a chunk of cards on top of the deck, um, meaning that what Edder's game, which plan was, is that Jonathan draws those cards, and then theoretically Edder wasn't putting dead cards on top of the deck. Edder was actually putting good cards, and then those ended up in the prize cards. Um, but when I rewatch it, I don't think uh, I don't think Edder actually ends up ever changing the top card. I don't think the top card ever changes. From what I just saw, Edder. I didn't see it either. Yeah, so I don't think the top card ever changes. So what happened there is like Edder is trying to make Jonathan draw theoretically bad cards um but when and i I, when i initially analyzed this i actually messed it up so when jonathan draws their hand they draw their seven cards but when they immediately pick it up they flip through it one card at a time like people do really fast and it completely flips the order of the cards so the first couple cards you see actually aren't very good there's like uh sino sino manaphy uh giratina v star and a mirage gate or something so those five cards are bad the other two at the back of the hand i'm not sure what those were uh, but a couple of those cards were theoretically cards that edder had put to the top of the deck so um, the other two weren't very good either because Jonathan's turn is literally top deck battle VIP pass, open the mana fee, comfy comfy on the bench, pass. Doesn't get it doesn't have yeah. an energy or a switch card to move. So the the whole hand is basically a brick um off the rip. So also um, it's hard I'll to tell too, exactly what Edder was doing, but it was not it was definitely stacking Jonathan's deck to some extent. Yeah. I mean I'll say normally in these situations where it's like there's a chance someone you talked about this in your YouTube video as well. It's like you try to give people the benefit of a doubt, right? You just, yeah. you, you want to see the best in people. You hope that people are good natured and want to do this. And normally when we discuss issues like this, we always try to take, I guess the more political route of like, <laughs> um, be a little bit more neutral. Yeah. Be as neutral as possible, but man, this is like quite possibly <laughs> the most blatant example of stacking someone's deck of stacking the deck that has ever been caught on camera in the Pokemon TCG history, maybe in just like card gaming in general, you know, I mean, this is like pretty textbook blatant stuff that's happening here. You can see Edder glancing down at the bottom. You see one card moving the stack of the top cards, not really changing the distraction tactic. I mean, there's, that's not guaranteed. I think like the, the fist bump necessarily. Yeah. But in the other clip, we, but (laughs) in the other clip, it's like pretty obvious that that's like something in his his foray right yeah um because yeah, in this definitely. clip that you were going to talk about here i mean this is during the game three this is all happening in game, in game three, three of yeah top eight um, yeah game, oh, game three, three of, top four of top four yeah, yeah so top this four, is my like, bad, not top eight win and continue or lose and be done so like the stakes could not be higher for the the, the, the like the causation or not the um I don't know what the word is, but like the reason you would want to like try to get the edge is there, right? Because it's like you, if if you lose this game, you're done. So that's like, it's like the time that Edder would most likely want to try to cheat. You can see him searching his deck here in this clip. And he's, the situation here is it looks like it's turn um, two, right? It's turn two. He's attached turn one to his Arceus V. He's whiffed the turn, um, I think he's actually gonna... whiffed. I think it would like Beedoof pass. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, okay. he's 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 definitely about he's behind a turn, I think. I'm pretty sure. So the situation here, he's got an energy on his Arceus and he has an energy card in his hand. He's going to attach it to his Arceus and use Trinity Charge to search his deck. But during this is like an early he's playing a nest ball currently. So it's like he knows how this turn is going to end. During his nest ball search, so before his last search of the turn he pulls the flying pikachu v to the front of his deck that he's going to bench off the nest ball and then in the middle of his deck he finds an arceus v star and slips it to the top of his deck so i think it's important that he's doing this before his final search as well right because he's like so he puts the arceus v to the top 
and then decides to grab the flying Pikachu V. It goes to the bench. He puts the deck back down and probably says to his opponent, I'm going back in. His opponent's like, yeah, yep, you're going to Trinity charge, sir. Makes sense. Doesn't think twice about it. And then Edder They would have had the Arceus down turn one, yeah, because they yeah. Trinity charge. They double yeah. attach, yeah. Yeah, so now it's the attach, and the Trinity charge will come out to load up the flying Pikachu. Granted, the Arceus V-Star that he wants to top deck next turn is still on top of the deck. I wonder if it's like a further distraction tactic. Like right there, Edder was reading Trinity Charge to make sure they could split the energy to two Pokemon. Um, but like, I wonder if he knew that or like, that's something I could definitely see someone just not remembering for sure. Yeah. Cause you rarely Trinity Charge or uh, Trinity Nova to a, a separate Pokemon. But he like picks up the <laughs> Arceus to read it and then searches through the deck to get the three energy. Does end up splitting them. I think it's two to the Pikachu, one to the... <clears throat> the Arceus is actually kind of funny too, because like despite all this cheating, Edder made an egregious mis misplay at some point, um, <laughs> or fairly egregious. I guess it's like the, not the the worst misplay I've ever seen, uh, but it almost cost him the game. <laughs> so the Arceus, so he searched the deck for the three lightning energy, placed them on the field. The Arceus V Star is on top of his deck. He shuffles really poorly two times. The only shuffles two times. Like even if you're yeah not stacking your deck you need to shuffle your deck more than this <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the top card never changes that. you can clearly mm -hmm. see it's still like you can if you watch his shuffle you can see the top card never changes and he almost is like leaning back i almost wonder if he's trying to like hide it out of view of the camera if he thinks like if he's not over the play field if it won't be able to be seen but regardless oh, even, like think about yeah, maybe maybe he does think he's out of the view of the play field of the camera over there and he's like okay only shuffles Sorry, it two it. times. Arceus yeah, V stars on the top of the deck. Yeah, top he card places never moves. it back, and you can see his opponent is about to reach. Like his opponent starts moving. It's like they're about to reach to cut, or maybe about to reach to start their turn. I don't know for sure. But yeah. then Edder, before his opponent can do anything, places his own deck down, reaches over to check the two cards in his opponent's discard pile <laughs> that were already visible to be seen, checks the lost zone, just trying to make sure his opponent is as dissuaded as possible from reaching over to touch his own deck. And then he attaches the energies and opponent starts the turn. And then whenever he top decks his card, it is the Arceus V star. Yeah. There's like so much, like when you like break it down and like analyze it and look at what he's doing, there's like so many more levels to this than I ever thought they're like, than I thought there would be, but they, 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 they are all there, right? The, the, the doing it. And then the constant distraction slash, um, drawing attention to kind of the board state into like that final distraction maneuver at the end where like he like checks the two card discard pile in the two card loss zone kind of just waiting jonathan from like potentially reaching a cost to cut the deck uh, and then going back to attaching his energy for the turn it is kind of yeah i mean it just kind of seems second nature to edder and i know edder has had some dqs in the past i don't know what they were all for potentially something similar i don't know uh but this time around the dq did happen for very blatantly maybe the most blatant cheating stacking ever in the history of the Pokemon TCG on, I mean, maybe not. Yeah. Most blatant on stream, I guess I was say maybe not the most egregious stacking ever, but you'll never be able to catch yeah. that. You, you, like theoretically that person always gets away with it, unfortunately, but yeah, on stream, this is like the, <laughs> this is like just absurd that this happened. It's like kind of mind boggling, mind blowing that happened on stream. And then, yeah, they got DQ'd from the event in the finals um, because these, these clips weren't shared with the judges until the finals had started uh, they got DQ in the finals. Thankfully, everyone, you know, everyone in the uh, lower placements got bumped up. So Jonathan got moved to second place and all that stuff. So that's good to see at the very least. I'm sure Jonathan would have loved to have competed for that first place uh, prize, but that's kind of just the, the the way the system works. And it, I think it's like reasonable. It's hard to really uh, handle these situations. Like it's never going to be, it's never going to be like, uh, well, it's like the phrase. You're probably glad Lea. that Jonathan didn't get to play in the finals to give lost <laughs> Tina a shot. <laughs> 
And those oaks for Lost Tina still. We're holding on. We're holding on. <laughs> yeah, no one can really ever end up. That's what that's the phrase. Uh, no one will ever be fully whole. None of the competitors will be fully whole from this uh, unfortunate uh, happenings at the tournament. But I think the only thing we can all hope for now, moving forward, is that you know Edder does end up getting banned, which I don't see a world oh, where Edder does not get banned, especially with priors, prior DQs for potentially similar think... things like. You would think uh, <laughs> there's just not a world. This but what is, is the last 12 insane. months told us is all what is the last 12 months told us? You don't know for sure, even if you would assume that for sure. But this is the this is worse than I Bro. think anything that has happened oh. ever. And I think it's the worst ever in Pokemon TCG. The only thing and I actually went back and kind of watched like it, it like all the discussions recently about like uh, stacking, cheating, shuffling, pile shuffling, all this stuff. Um, I've been sparking some of those conversations personally on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Azul's really um, been stirring. The, has, you've been feeling <laughs> spicy the last few weeks, bro. Has made me go back and like re look at some of the uh, the plays that have stuck out in my head over the years, as far as like people uh, potentially stacking or cheating or whatever on stream. And I went back and watched. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of the infamous uh, Canadian Nationals. Oh, yeah. um but i went back and watched that on stream and it was so much worse i watched it the morning before i started streaming the uh the special event uh restreaming it and kind of just watching the games um i went back dude it was so much more egregious than i remember it was it's so bad i also went back and watched um a lot of controversy around shintaro versus toward in top four of worlds uh and shintaro shintaro definitely needed to shuffle more like i had never watched that before that was bad <laughs> that was really bad i cannot believe that a judge wasn't like okay hold up i don't like it, it, i don't think like shintaro should have been like probably dp uh dq'd or game loss but if shintaro had no like previous warnings up to that point shintaro definitely should have got a warning right there and if there was previous warnings that definitely should have been a double prize penalty or a game loss or a dq or something because that was that was bad too i don't think shintaro was cheating at all and i also don't think uh, the Canadian player that I looked at on stream either uh, was cheating at Canadian Nationals. I Because back then, that's when the whole double nickeling... That's like a whole thing. If you want to like hear more about that from me, go watch that's my stream. Pokemon but Pokemon TCG cheating lore. Lore. Right <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't think either of those players, when I went back and watched those clips on stream, were actually doing anything malicious. Um, but it was still bad. When something is... So, uh, even at some point, when something is so bad, it doesn't matter if you're cheating or not. You still have to get a, a penalty for it, so um but yeah it was it was kind of funny like looking back on those after seeing this but i think this is the worst i think this is the worst ever i think i don't think there's anything worse than this that we know of i guess if, everyone, if someone wants to go back and watch like all the yeah i tried to ever. find there was a guy at like georgia cities back in 2015 like right when i first started playing they got banned for uh i think it was stacking on oh, this sounds familiar yeah i don't remember the exact situation yeah, and i tried to find the clip i like looked through verbank and everything like <laughs> <laughs> i could not find it but um yeah i mean this is definitely it, it's probably yeah i think it's easy it's pretty dang blatant so i mean i think it's fair to say it's at least tied with the most blatant if not the most blatant itself so it's definitely yeah. this is the new benchmark to get to yeah right? <laughs> gonna be hard to pass this it's gonna be hard it's pretty crazy um, so i mean i hope i mean like we said it's so blatant it's so obvious like how can pokemon look at this and th this not result in a ban it's just it would be mind-blowing to me if it didn't but just the way trends have been recently we haven't seen anything for uh we haven't yeah. seen anything and then also like i mean pokemon just over a month ago tweeted out about 
In response to recent events, we are investigating the most effective ways to keep the community informed about significant changes and incidents confer, uh, concerning play Pokemon activities. You know, that statement. We talked about this a, a month or, a month and a half ago or so, whenever this was. Yeah, Obviously, it's this. like a different situation, but like they said they're going to be more transparent. Let's yeah, hear it, man. Let's hear yeah. it. Tell us what's going on. Tell us that yeah, these we're, people are being banned. We're all kind of expecting a uh a statement about the makani situation i think following this yeah um but i guess that never that's just not going to happen anymore there's no way it's like through th for what like another month from now the big end to result uh or our or whatever called statement on the problem it's like that's too late right we're a month and a half out um so this is basically just what we i guess one of the things we thought it would be which is like a statement that there's, there's a potential for follow-up statements when a situation is like something like the makani situation came up but they actually weren't going to have a statement about the Makani situation. But I think this is this is the time. This is their time to make a statement about what happened at the Bogota special event uh, and the uh, what will happen to uh, Eder uh, after the you know after everything that went down. Right. This is their time to make a statement on that and and kind of actually do something with this message they put out. Or uh, what's, the, what's the phrase I'm looking? I'm like really I'm like pretty tired right now. The phrase I'm thinking of is make good on the uh, uh statement they had previously put out by putting out a statement saying editor is banned we will not tolerate such blatant cheating at pokemon tcg events um so on and so forth yeah and i mean this was a big deal too i was actually just looking at the leaderboard because i wasn't exactly sure where everyone was at but editor was 21st i believe assume this is him editor f i think from mexico so it was at 330 and with a second place finish you know would have been in the top 12 for latin america to get a yeah a, a day two spot so um yeah i mean he's dq'd so he's not getting any points but <laughs> i don't know man uh, the fact that there's a world's invite going to someone who's like willing to just on public display like i mean the fact I mean, it's bad enough that you're willing to cheat at the game, but the fact that you're going to do it when you're being recorded, man, that's like the icing on the cake. We haven't even talked about like editor, you know, you're on stream. What, like, how do you not think that, like, how does it not click for someone that this is going to be seen by hundreds of people and eventually someone's going to catch this? I don't know. It just, I mean, but the thing is like, I don't, we probably don't want the cheaters to be that smart. Right. Cause like, no matter what, yeah. we're not living, we're not living in a utopia. We're never going to get to the point where there's no cheaters. There's always going to be cheaters. So we just have to hope that they are as good at cheating uh, and on the same wavelength as Edder and that they cheat on stream when they get on stream finally, right? So, like, that's all we can kind of hope for. It's like, we're not, yeah, we're not living in a utopia. It's not going to happen. There's always going to be cheaters. Um, the the thing is to try and minimize the cheating by uh, catching the cheaters. There are many ways to do it. Um, uh, and one of the ways is them blatantly cheating on stream um so hopefully they keep doing it that's i think that's all we can hope for to be honest like we, we want them to if they're gonna cheat cheat on stream you know test your limits you know, test your limits you know if you want to be the number one cheater out there you got to get away with it on stream so <laughs> we'll try it out next time you're on stream yeah that azul is not he's being <laughs> sarcastic not encouraging cheating no i'm just kidding no if you uh, no, no i'm not encouraging you if you are a cheater on stream, you're gonna cheat yeah, anyways yeah. you should do it on stream as well you should test your limits you should see if you can get away if you're gonna <laughs> cheat try try and get away with it on stream it's like the ultimate test right because obviously the accomplishments don't mean anything to these people they're cheating to win them so they don't have any like pride in the accomplishment of winning so just go all the way why not push it to the limit and then yeah. i mean with the results of this so i mean i guess we can look at the results start <laughs> starting with bogota uh, bogota i keep saying bogota. it wrong i feel like bogota, bogota. Yeah, yeah and um with the winner you know there's 
a lot of discussion around this fact as well. It was won by Andrew Hedrick, of course, two-time regional champion this season, now a special event winner, notably an American player who went down to Columbia to compete in this event. And, well, I mean, first off, congratulations to Andrew getting the win with Lost Box, proving he can play decks besides just Lugia, by the way, and uh, getting the win with the Lost Box. But this discussion comes up, uh, and I think in large part by people who are in the U.S. top 16 race who are a little upset that a few, you know, three American players got a ton of points from going down and getting top eight at this special event. Um, this discussion comes up every single time. It feels like is should these <laughs> special events be region locked? You know, is the purpose of these events for the local players to have more of a chance to get their invite to the world championships or um, are they meant to be similar to, you know, the rest of the regionals and the internationals where anyone can compete from all over the place? Yeah, it's like it comes up every time. Um, the one I put out a tweet earlier this morning, just basically saying I've never seen, and this is like a main, this is a main discussion point around U.S. and Canadian players going to Latin America special events. But if a bunch of U.S. players went over to a European special event, I don't think anyone would say anything. So, <laughs> like, I don't think anyone's gonna say anything. Like, no one would say anything, right? So, it's only contended around Canadian U.S. players going to Latin America special events. But I've never seen a Latin America player s- complain about it. I've never seen a Latin American player complain about uh you know these top they are most of the time top canadian u.s players not always but a lot that's generally the majority you know going down there um to go to more major events uh, and you know what it is a little bit easier to win a what was it was there a 76 player special event than winning a 1200 player regional right there definitely is a difference right it is easier to take to take down an event like that just is right um you play less rounds way less rounds yeah way less rounds so that's one of the reasons that these uh, that some players go out of their way to go try and get these potentially easier points, right? The smaller tournaments are generally just going to be easier. The only thing that you can compare it to that wouldn't, wouldn't really uh, compare is like worlds, right? But that's because it's like everyone of such a such a high caliber. It's like a little bit different, right? Um, but I've never seen a Latin American player complain about it. And no one contested me on my tweet when I tweeted it out this morning yet. So if you have a different opinion, if you're a Latin American player who has a different opinion than that, you know, feel free to tweet at me and tell me why. We'd love to know the. I'd love to know the reasons behind why you wouldn't want these U.S. or Canadian players coming down. Um, but I don't really think. Uh, so besides that, it really is just. It's not always just like top sixteen chasing American players. I feel like it's American players who bring it up, um, and then specifically the top sixteen ones bring it up. Is it fair? For the locals, as well as this does make the top 16 grind um, more uh, pay to win, right? Um, and it's uh, not about these events being easier, right? It's like Azul said, it's just, it's not about them being easier as far as the player base. It's about them being easier as far as the size, right? Because, yeah. and, and part of that falls on the fault of the system that's in place where Andrew Hedrick won a. 1200 person regionals and a 1500 person regionals, got 200 points for each of those things. And then he won a, 76 person special event and got 200 points right like <laughs> it's the it just it doesn't make any sense it kind of doesn't i don't think it's that big of a deal though because you still want the point influx from the special event you're still trying to hit that many points for the special event i guess like i don't think the special event should be worth less points maybe once regionals pass a thousand players maybe they should be worth more points though you yeah. can make the argument there right um and i think region locking is, is just kind of a silly discussion um i don't know the reasons that special events happen over 
uh, regionals in certain areas because they give out the same prize amount. They just don't have the prize back in as far as the cash payout. I don't think there's like an official statement ever from Pokemon. I don't know if we all really any, anyone knows for of sure. Theory. Like I've heard so yeah. many reasons from different people, right? Like, um, but like, like there's nothing stopping. There's nothing stopping, uh, you know, anyone from going to like every regional in North America and then as many regionals as they can in Europe based on how many they can go to every, every regional they can go to. I mean, based on like date conflicts, every regional they could possibly go to in uh, Latin America and no one compares, cares about the regionals, but for some reason people like when special events come up, you know, they generally are easier events because less people go to them because they're not as prestigious of events and they don't have the prize backing to make people want to go out of the way to go to them. Right. If you can't win money by getting top eight, it's a little bit less incentive to go there. Right. Um, so there's not as big of events. So it's only then that people truly care about anything, but like if, yeah. And, but you'd miss so many cool interactions if you region locked anything, right? Like toward coming over here and winning Peoria or Alex Shemansky going over to Europe and getting second at Liverpool. Like that's so cool. That can happen. It's kind of it made me excited to potentially go to try and go to a European regional next year. Um, I definitely want to try and go to one. Maybe I'll try and go to a Latin America regional as well. Like outside of just the ICs. Um, and if you truly want a change in the system, it shouldn't be to region lock anything. You should just want the best finish limit lowered. That's what you should be arguing for. Region locking is like the silliest thing that I think anyone has suggested ever um, around yeah. the system. What you should want is just the, the best finish limit to be lowered, but it's already at six. Like it's already like pretty low. I don't think it needs to be lower than six. I think there's a lot of people out there who've got a lot of top 16s and can't get a top eight in the US. So they complain when someone goes into like Latin America or Europe and, and or I guess not Europe, but goes to Latin America and picks up a top eight. Like that's what they're salty about. So if you're not going to place better, if you're a top 16 chaser and you're not going to place better at the US events, then it's just not your it's not your year. Try again next year or try harder at the, harder at your next event. But like blaming it on the 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 system for North American players going to special events is so silly. Like the best finishing limit of a six is like the lowest I think it's ever been. Uh, it's always been eight I think besides this year. So yeah, correct me I don't wrong, remember but like, what it was for the the like half season. Was it eight still? Um, I don't remember that. It, it might have been six. No, I think for it was that extended. One. It was extended. It was it was like six plus. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not 100 sure, but I do know. Yeah, it was eight for quite a while. It was it was the best finish level of eight. Yeah, all I'm saying is the the skill to achieve top 16 without going to literally everything exists in the Pokemon TCG. You're just not applying yourself hard enough, um, to or working hard enough to achieve it. Um, so it's possible. Um, so you can't really blame the system until you've kind of like maximized your potential in the current system, I feel like. Um, and then if if it is that big of a hassle for you to go to that many events, then just don't play for top 16. Just get your day one invite. You're good enough to do that if you're someone who's considering chasing top 16. Get your day one invite. Chill with your day one invite. But yeah, the, the constant like uh, bringing up the region locking thing is kind of silly. It just needs to die. The only thing you should be, the only reasonable argument is for a lower best finish limit of regional slash SPEs. That's the only reasonable argument. It's a, or just, like instead or, of six, I mean, maybe make it five or four. CP. For the big ones as well. That, is, that's a reasonable argument yeah, as well. Yeah. 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 For bigger, bigger tournaments. Like SPEs probably should still have the current standard for regionals points giving out. Um the other yeah, the other good argument is once you reach certain certain thresholds, eight hundred players, twelve hundred players, whatever, the CP does bump up. That would be the only other reasonable argument. But the, the region locking thing is just 
insanely stupid. And I think it was just a takeaway for so many good moments. Like, like I said, like Ford coming over here, Alex Shemansky going over to Europe. Like those are like really cool. Th- like it's more international play is just so cool, right? That's just like, I feel like it's just really sick to see more international play. So Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I mean, we're playing a global game these days. We've got the four internationals. Yeah. We've got worlds. Like it's all about, you know, the world of Pokemon, right? And it's, it's people being able to travel wherever to, to participate. But with that being said, and speaking of tournaments and the world, like we've got a <laughs> bunch of tournament results to look at from events that took place this past weekend. We've talked about uh, Bogota, but there was also the Philippines Championships and also the Indonesia Championships, which took place. We were looking at the Indonesia tournament as well. Oh, and it actually says down here at the bottom of the Limitless page as well. We didn't notice this, but uh, the format that was played was Battle Styles to Scarlet Violet (laughs) with the addition of Scarlet Violet. Dude, we were like, we thought Robin made a mistake, but Robin was one step ahead of us, bro. (laughs) Show him the other page. (laughs) What's, oh, with the... Yeah, we thought thought maybe Robin messed up the the Japan standard thing for a second. Um, So pretty much with this, we just weren't sure if... Uh, I mean, what it looks like, I mean, Indonesia is playing with a format that no one else is playing with right now because Japan has yeah. Burst and Snow Hazard with Iono and all that stuff. And uh, over here, we don't have the cards from Triple Beat, but it looks like they've got like a hybrid <laughs> of the two formats. Yeah, there's like in between. In the in between. I guess the format Japan was playing with before Burst and Snow Hazard came out. Yeah, because I, I was looking through the deck list. And yeah, actually, now I'm looking through them again. The one deck list does have actually cards from the new set. Because I was looking at, I was looking through all the deck lists of all the tournaments we we're going to be talking about. And I didn't see anything new. I was like, it says Japan Standard on the tournament page, but none of these none of these decks have new cards. Um, but I didn't read that little thing at the bottom of the results there. <laughs> so yeah, Robin one step ahead as usual. Uh, but the Lost Tina eighth place Lost Tina does have Jet the Jet Energy. So there is one new card I think in all of these decks. Yeah, um, from the triple beat. Maybe triple, triple beat looks like it's a pretty bad set. Hey, listen, as well, you've been dogging on Lost Tina, but just wait. Jet Energy, baby. Yeah, if you want to get top eight, then Jet Energy will get you there. But no, 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 no further, no further. That's the first that'll get you. <laughs> um, but yeah, we could start with taking a look, quick look at uh, Bogota. I guess we could, we're already over there, so yeah, yeah. we can finish up there. So Hedrick took it all down with a Lost Box build, Turbo Lost Box, Turbo Ish Lost Box. I mean, pretty Turbo Lost Box, right? That's Turbo Lost Box. Yeah. Um, the only like the only real not. Turbo part about it is it only had one four seal stone instead of two. Instead, opted for the sky seal stone, the Raikou uh, into the Lugia matchup, and also for the Drapion into the Mew matchup. Pretty pretty useful for both, like pretty heavily useful for both those matchups. Um, and then yeah. Like, yeah, all the usual suspects, right? Even Dragonite can get in there against the Arceus decks, right? If you set or up some Gudra as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gudra, yeah, yeah. So there's um, plenty of uses for Sky Stone, and this is is starting to seem to be a more popular thing. I mean, the list that won Brazil, right, played both. Forest Seal Stone and Sky Seal Stone in it. So, um, I mean, moving into Hartford, I mean, I guess a little, we'll talk about Hartford and the rest of the events happening this weekend later in the episode. But, I mean, do you think just moving forward in the format in general, are we going to see more of this, more of the split? Yeah, we've been seeing, we saw a little bit uh, after UIC. I feel like where it's hard to see it the most was after UIC. Um, and yeah, I think probably like there's enough good matchups for the Sky Seal Stone where it kind of makes sense. Um, I haven't played a ton with this kind of more straightforward build recently at all like i played the kyogre build at portland of course um and i really like the kyogre for the lugia matchup but the sky seal stone can get you maybe just that little bit extra that you do need the one thing i didn't like the one thing i did like in this deck uh that's not in this build here from um andrew especially alongside sky seal stone is double boss i'm a big fan of double boss especially when you're rocking sky seal stone 
Uh, you definitely need a boss, and we do see that in there for uh, for Andrew. But I'm a big fan of double boss in the in the build build with Sky Seal Stones. That's like the only thing that kind of stood out to me. But uh, but yeah, I think moving forward, Sky Seal Stone seems pretty solid for sure. For sure. And then um, we've ahead, got you know, lost Tina getting second place <laughs> as his favorite deck. I mean, listen, they, they get past top eight. They get past yeah, top they eight. Did. They did. <laughs> Gabe Smart getting third with Lugia Archeops. Um, I don't think there was anything spicy at all on this list. No. But it's like, I mean, just that's it's kind of what Lugia feels played. like in this format. It's just like a consistent, solid, good deck. But there's, it, it feels no to spice. me like there's little room. Like Lugia last format, there was room to like make plays and do a lot of different things. This version of Lugia feels a lot more like one dimensional almost. I don't yeah, know. this format, if you try and do anything special throughout a game with Lugia, you run out of energy. Like retreating yeah. a Pokemon <laughs> ever is just like a death sentence. You're like, no, nope, I have energy on it. I've got to keep swinging because otherwise I'll run out of attackers. Um, yeah. So yeah, Lugia has definitely become way more one dimensional. You can retreat like once in the whole game before you run out of energy. Yeah. Um, so unless you get really lucky with your earn to single strike energy back and forth. But yeah. The deck is just definitely... I mean, it's solid. The thing is that that kind of speaks to its power level, right? It needs very few options to be so powerful. and doesn't need to have too many tricks to kind of beat everything in the format. And Connor Fenton um, also got top eight with it. Once again, playing the... Um, playing the... Similar to Reagan List, the one thing here is he did have the Stone Journer in here. Usually when you see people playing the Single Strike Urshifu, they're playing Evil Tall as their one prizer, not playing the Stone Journer. Um, but Connor did opt to play the Stone Journer and played one less Tyranitar, but also had the mm -hmm. Thornton in here as well. And yeah, no pumpkin and an extra yeah, impact yeah. energy. So like no pumpkin, Thornton over Penny, Stone Journer over Titar. Um, the impact energy I think makes sense if you're going for these like heavier one prizer line, right? Like yeah, especially yeah, Evil Tall, just because you need three colored energy on it. Like you can't. Yeah, I mean, it helps. Yeah, it definitely helps a little bit. Yeah, because it can get you out like plus one attack over the having to use an urn for sure. Yeah. Especially depending on how you draw. Like if you just draw a little bit off and you just like research discard one, then you have like the backup of the impact energies. Yeah, so for sure it can make like a make a difference. I mean, for the the urge to hit the the relevant numbers like back to back, uh, one hit KO in like the uh, oppo opposing urge or Duraludon, you do need like back to back big swings. You do need the urn plus uh, two single strike, but. Or you need three single strike energy to get to the 330. Yeah. That's the number I'm trying to hit. <laughs> but yeah, that seems like Lugia has been pretty standardized um, for the most part. I've still seen some people running around with like no Ursh, no Duraludon, but I've been barely seeing like any Duraludon uh, recently. Um, and there's a Mew uh, from Alexander, uh, just kind of the go to path shenanigans build there's an arvin in this build so a little bit of a cool tech there with the arvin yeah um, dude arvin honestly like i hate nah. arvin and mew so much dude <laughs> anytime i see someone playing arvin and mew it's just i mean the deck want you want to play judge every or boss every single turn of the game and yeah. your deck is so consistent already like playing a card like arvin yeah it is cool you go get your vip pass and your seal stone or you go get your choice belt and a power tablet. tablet like there yeah. are cool plays you can do with it but like you're probably drawing through your whole deck anyway i will say like with the four path the four vacuum like you can get a little more clunked up than normal so maybe having just this one card you can grab off Cramomatic <laughs> just barely gets you there but like if it is just getting you there and you could have potentially gotten there while also disrupting your opponent anyway, 
I just don't feel like it's worth playing. I do. I don't hate the Avery. Obviously, Pablo played the Avery in his top four EUIC list. Um, yeah, it's good against Guardi, but right it is, now that's pretty much it. Is it, it like? Yeah, I mean, it's okay it. in other matchups too. Like mirror it's okay match. in the mirror, but um, Guardi is really the main reason to want Avery, and it's like it's honestly just so situational against it as well, because later in the game you want, you'd rather be judging almost than Averying even once they're set up. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, Avery, I think Avery was good. Like this is like a week late for Avery. Cause like Guardy had this moment in Portland and it definitely hit a big downswing after that. So yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Avery. Um, I mean, but it, like, this is just like, there's like not too much different. Like this isn't anything too ridiculous. It is just like the Mew build, right? Yeah. Judges, the paths. I didn't know you hated Arvin so much. So sheesh. <laughs> but yeah. That was the Mew build from Get Alexander. Get out of here, Alexander, um, bro. Come and on. And then, uh, Carlos, uh, seventh place. We don't have Eric's, um, eighth place list, uh, or second place list from Jonathan, but, uh, Carlos with Lost Box Kyogre. It looks like the exact same 60 that Grant, uh, ran in Portland. Um, yeah. so nothing too spicy there, Jonathan. Though, uh, with the Art Gudra, I mean, there's some stuff in here, that's for sure. <laughs> a lot of stuff, stuff, a lot of here. Pokemon. Yeah, I got a Dragonite V. I actually have not even looked at this list yet. I was, um, this one's a little wild, honestly, thinking, um, before we even started about like you know, just the cycle of Arceus decks, right? And we've seen Arcturaladon. We've now um, seen Arctina do really well. I mean, what are the other partners that have seen success for Arceus in the past? Flying Pikachu and Gudra. Which one's up next? I mean, Pikachu was about to have its moment until... uh, (laughs) until It wasn't going to have its moment unless that Arceus V-Star found its way to the top of the deck magically. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Somehow, some way. Peak just wants its moment back, bro, and it got uh, taken away from it. Poor Peak. Not even Peak's fault. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe Gujra's a little bit better than people are giving it credit for. Maybe Lawson Gujra's not as good as it seems. Lawson Gujra's definitely a little bit more fragile, I feel like. Having that just like nice opening with the Arceus is just good, right? Like just being able to open Arceus and just like kind of set up from there into other stuff. You get like a consistent, a little bit more consistent turn one into, into turn two. You put on some pressure with the Arceus, and they have the fall yeah. with the Gujra. The Dragonite in here is interesting. The Serena's pretty cool, though. I, I kind of like the Serena in here, like against the Lost Box matchups. That's got to be pretty good, right? You're swinging with Gudra, you're healing with Serena, combo that with a Crystal Cave. That's a lot to for Lost Box X to deal with, I feel like. And you've got the Sharon's Karen here to pick up your Arceus even as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think Gudra... Gudra's obviously just like a really good card right now and just like a solid card in general. I think um, the question is like, is this ever better to play than the Lost Zone engine? And like you said, Arceus just adds nice consistency to most decks. Now, it does get a little weird because... Arceus, sometimes just to work, Arceus needs to Starbirth to go get your double turbo energy to like even yeah. attack, right? And if you're using Starbirth, you, you can't use Moisture Star. And Moisture you Star wanna... is really the biggest draw of a Sui and Gudra. If you're not Moisture Star and against like Lugia, you're pretty much losing. Um, I mean, if they get to the Urshifu, you're losing anyways. But like, yeah, that's a, that'd be like the biggest drawback is if you have to Starbirth against Lugia, they're probably just beating you on the spot because of that um yeah I, I don't think this is like anything uh it's not the crazy new hype but um definitely uh a cool homebrew for sure from uh from castillo with the with the art gudra it's cool to see something different out there in the top eight for sure right yeah we'll see that so, 
so let's look at um, I guess we'll look at the Philippines next because it's the same format in Indonesia's the like kind of in between format. We don't have and a I'm... lot of lists here. Just we <laughs> see that Mew. Well, I mean, there was a lot of Mew in top eight. It looks like as well, but for Mew, um... three Lost Box, three Artina. I mean, it was close. It was. It, I wouldn't say there's there was no not too much more than what else was out there as the higher counts. Just one extra. Yeah, I would be really curious to see uh, Reggie Drago here at the thirteenth spot. Though. I wanted to see that list too, but then it wasn't <laughs> there. Um... But I think the first place list was a pretty standard, straightforward path judge Mew. Like, I don't think there's anything too special in it. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what was going down in the Philippines. Uh, and the third place list, you can look as well. Path, judge, Mew. Uh, has the Avery in there? No um, Arvin. No Arvin. No Arvin. Um, so Arvin, not always necessary, but sometimes necessary. Whoa, whoa, easy. <laughs> <laughs> what did Arvin do to you, Chip? Does he does he like do something in the video game that you didn't it's like? It's just like... been no, bro. Arvin's a homie in the video game. He saves him a boss <laughs> diff. Are you kidding me? Oh, I didn't know that. But in the TCG, bro, dude. If Arvin, if my point of was over Arvin, I'm triggered, bro. <laughs> More or pile less shuffling... so than if they pile shuffle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I say pile shuffling triggers me. Arvin triggers Chip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I think the Guardi list was uh, pretty straightforward as well. Nothing Similar special. To nothing towards, too spicy. Yeah. It has the four uh, seal instead of sky seal. Yeah, that I don't know about that. I feel like for the Lugia matchup, you want not that you couldn't play Forest Seal because a lot of the matchups you don't need Sky Seal, but the Lugia matchup specifically, I feel like. I mean, I think against Mew as well. I think if you don't have Sky Seal against Mew, your matchup against Mew is way worse. Well, I mean, you can still just KO two Mews, right? I don't think it's that much worse. You just lose the boss option, the boss out, right? I think it's like. I think yeah. the main the main one for me has been Lugia. Like I feel like I'm like sometimes I'm just losing the prize trade. And it's like okay, well I get back into this because of the Sky Seal Stone. It's like oh, been the big sure. one for me. So I don't I don't like the no Sky Seal Stone, but I don't mind the Forest Seal Stone. Um, and you know what Forest Seal Stone combos with Arvin? They they should be trying out the Arvin. Bro, for sure. no stop. <laughs> now that Azul knows, he's just not gonna let it go. And the only other list that's posted here is that. Good old Dialga V Star. This is yeah, one good old Dialga V Star, the goat, <laughs> the go to good old Dialga. Yeah, I mean, this is just a deck. I I don't know. It's always funny to see people picking it up. Um, I've actually not even really played with it, but I've seen I've played against it at my locals once. Uh-huh. Um, Did they get you? No, I played Avery and my Mew, and they had uh, I think they mistakenly discarded their Rotom V when they had a bad hand and then they just dead drew the rest of the game and I won in like <laughs> four turns KOing like little Magnemite after Magnemite. <laughs> that is unlucky. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's cool to see Dialga get a result. It's been a little while. Uh, I think I think the last time I remember seeing Dialga was San Diego when it was like actually close. Like it was like a win or two away from top eight. Um, no, no. It, um, it got top 16 at one of these other tournaments. It got top 16 at like you go digging for the list. No, it was like the yeah, I think it was like this Malaysia regional league. No. Nope. It was one of these first tournaments in Hi again, Chip. Mm, I'm digging. Now I'm committed now. Let's go to the next one. Go to the one under the go to the Philippines regional league. Oh, this Check is it. One. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this exists. I think you're just making this no, up. No, no, no. This is the this is the that that was the wrong format. No, I swear, dude. I don't think so. I think it was maybe an online tournament that you saw it in because they definitely did made waves in online tournaments or did some stuff. Not made, I don't know if they made waves, but made waves. Zul GG. 
Chip hates Arvin but loves Diogo nah, so bro, much that he's fabricating places. Top 16 regional league All Bangkok, right. 495 players. Congrats. Another Diogo deck had another top 16. 22 energy cards. Is it like the same build? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I kind of wish I could try that deck out, but PTCG Live has felt so bad recently that I just can't play games of Pokemon, which kind of yeah. sucks. Dude, um, I've we we should we should have done a topic this week about TCG Live, but like I it was next uh, week. Yeah, the week before so. it's supposed to officially release. Dude, June eighth, bro. I'm so excited for June eighth. I'm so ready. <laughs> I'm gonna make it like a. a it's so freaking, bad, guys. A holiday. The TCG Live. It's so bad. It's so bad. I I've been trying to do coaching on it, and literally for some reason, um, like when I'm playing, the timer starts counting down as soon as my turn starts from 15 seconds. As soon as my turn starts, I see 15 seconds go, and it's like okay, boom, 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 which is not intuitive for coaching at all because you want to like talk through things and then my the students fact that you can't turn off the timer makes it like yeah and, and my really students that the, when the timer works normally like it starts at I, I think it's supposed to be like 60 seconds or something or 30 seconds whatever it is um but then when it gets down to the countdown it starts at 15 seconds once the timer hits like nine or ten seconds their turn just ends it says there's nine <laughs> seconds left but the turn stops and they just pass and it's like i'm doing all my coaching and all my like serious testing and stuff on limitless tabletop from here on out there's just Limit, no limitless tabletop. What, imagine if there's more people playing limitless tabletop simulator than uh pdcg live that would be insane if we get to that point by the end of the year like before the end of the year <laughs> if there Robin, was a dude. way that you could like challenge people and like or at least see a friend's board like just do it all in this yeah if you thing. could yeah i mean listen i mean i don't know i i robin told me they listened to the podcast in the past so robin if you're listening to this episode specifically Dude, I, <laughs> I mean, if you need a new project you've been doing a lot i know you do a lot but okay. if you need a new project make it so you can like link up with someone and you can see their board them moving around their cards on their side of the field we could always just know, share screens in discord but it would always be like a little bit more enjoyable of course do you know about dueling book and Yu-Gi-Oh? no Dueling Book and Yu-Gi-Oh! is pretty much like the way most of their community plays online. And it's basically limitless tabletop, but like you can play against someone. So it's okay. kind of like a combination of, po you know, what Pokemon Showdown is. It's kind of like a combination of Pokemon Showdown and limitless tabletop where like you have to do everything manually, but like you can play against someone. But it's like mm -hmm. what the entire Yu-Gi-Oh! community uses, I think, to like play online, even though they yeah, have even Master if there Duel, was like, a... like actually a good game. Yeah, if you could do like, I mean, once again, Robin, if you've got, if you're just like bored and you have a pro, you have time for a product, if you could do like a little like, uh, like if you're bored, Robin, just make yeah, a, a Pokemon. I mean, I think I, I mean, part of I think I feel like part of a, a part of how this turn the tournament side exists is Robin had to have been a little bit bored and wanted to do something, you know, with the Pokemon for the Pokemon TCG community. But yeah, like anything like that to add to it, even like you could even like make a little bit like ranked ladder, limitless ranked on the tabletop simulator. Um, and that would be a better rank ladder than what we have on PTCG Live. Did you see James's tweets uh, earlier? James. Um, uh, James Cox. Oh, no. Yeah. We, I mean, if we're, we're on PTCG Live now for a little bit, so. Oh, gosh. All right. We won't, we won't stay here long. <laughs> we'll definitely talk more about this, the episode before June 8th. I'm so excited here, for link June the 8th. tweet you want me to show. I can't even find his Twitter. Finding people's Twitters on Twitter is so hard now. Well, you, we have to do the. I remember we came up with the formula. Azul and I've talked about this a few times when we're trying to pull tweets for the podcast, but it's like it is impossible to just use the Twitter search bar to find someone on Twitter anymore. I don't know what happened. Something Elon did pushing, yeah, because like verified accounts and stuff. Like you just cannot find people. 
James's like, name is literally James Cox. His ad is PTCG James C. But if I put like James Cox into the search bar, I feel like James should show up there. Like they're we're in the same. He, I'm not following him. I'm following him now. We follow each other now, <laughs> and then uh, like they're in the same space, right? They have to be. They have to be like connected to the the algorithm. Has to realize that me and James follow a ton of the same people and tweet at the same people, and I probably replied or liked each other's tweets. At some point, like how does the, how does James not pop up for me there? But now yeah. we've figured out the formula, which is just to put the players' names into Twitter and then put Pokemon Twitter. Um, so we don't even use the use Google. Google is better, I guess, than Twitter search. But um, yeah, James tweeted. Uh, have you found the tweet search it? Yep. Uh, James tweeted. Played PTC live in a coasting session. The game slowly reduced timer. Eventually, timer just bugged out and did not pass a turn. Uh, but just conceded the game. I used to like PDC Live, but I just can't defend it anymore. I'm the highest rank in the game. I just wish it was better. My stream is getting worse and worse because the queue times are unbearable at high rank. It's basically a lottery if a Master Ball player is queuing at the same time as me. Uh, and there's no compensation in having my number on the screen. I can flex. I hate this. So yeah, James's streams have been like, um, I'll tune into them now and then. James just kind of like- them as well. Mostly like just, I mean, kind of like tryhards on ladder um you know talks through their turns explains what's going on and as was like they mentioned in their tweet they're the highest ranked player in the game and probably was last season or last month as well uh but one of the problems is the the elo system or whatever won't pair you so low apparently so it's like at high ranks i've heard it's really hard to get games um but what basically needs to happen i think is i don't know what game this is basically how it works for us maybe hearthstone but basically when you search up a game, it should look for a player in a certain range as you. And if it fails that range after like 10 seconds, it should immediately widen the range for the next 10 seconds. That's how widen the range in like every online ranked game yeah. ever. <laughs> it's like not works. hard. And it should expand until you find someone to play against. It doesn't matter if the only person Dude, does for James to play against is zero. Building, has Is nobody who's working on TGI, <laughs> like has no one ever built a video game before this one? Is I don't this like, know. I don't know. And since I started doing, like, I actually wasn't, like, I haven't been doing that much on PTCG Live for a little while, but doing a lot more recently with, like, getting back to the content stuff and then, like, coaching and stuff. But, like, there's such a massive desync, I've noticed, because through coaching, there's a huge desync oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. the players. Like, it's like one player flips the coin, and then 10 seconds later, the coin flips for the other player, which is yeah, like, why? That. This does not exist in any other, doesn't exist in Hearthstone, Magic Arena none of the other clients have this like massive desync where like someone plays a card and it's like 10 seconds later they played the card and it's like i don't know there's just so many so much stuff wrong with pgc live i could go into right now we're not going to go too far but yeah james's tweet is fresh and new um and it's even pushed one of pgc lives um biggest defenders uh or just kind of non-haters over the edge um as it feels like it's pushing more and more people out of the space and no a free lugia deck is no longer enough <laughs> to satisfy the needs of the customers the gameplay itself is the the uh, the thing that is pushing people away from PTCG Live? The gameplay, the whole experience, and everything is super unintuitive. Uh, the free Lugia deck, nice try, TPCI. The free Lugia deck's not enough there. And here's tried, the thing though. too, like the thing about the queue times as well. Like at the highest ranks, if not a lot of people are up there. I mean, because to be honest, to get to Master Ball rank in tcg live currently does require a lot of games it requires a lot of play time to get to that point um even though it's not a true elo system right you're not it's not a true ranked system like you're not actually ranking up at a normal rate because like based on what your opponent's rank is any of that whatever um yeah. like 
you're gonna the way it is right now there's just not it's hard to get to that master rank so your queue times are just gonna naturally be a little bit longer even if it's like fine. after 10 seconds yeah, yeah yeah it's it's gonna naturally be a little bit longer but that wouldn't be an issue it would be less of an issue i should say at least if the game was better and more people played it and more people cared enough yeah. to spend the time <laughs> playing it to work hard to up their rank if there was a real rank system if there was something for them to play for like more people would play it and grind the game you would probably grind it more i would play it a lot more yeah. like because uh, it makes good content as well, right? Like yeah. pushing for higher ranks and stuff like that. Yeah, and I'll put this it's out there. It's just not in the game, and so less people play it. And so <laughs> I uh, hope someone from TPCI is listening. I feel like they've definitely they had to listen to at least an episode or two of our podcast. But it's going to make it back to TPCI. Um, I love hating on PDCG Live. It's one of my favorite things to do. I think it's all warranted. I think everyone should hate on PDCG Live. But I'll throw in a little bit of constructive criticism out there. Um, the first thing is, like, you need to be able to compare other people's ranks to each other um for like that little bit of like that's a flex right so you can like flex on everyone you compare yourself to everyone um but also like making it simple um you should easily be able to queue into other people right it shouldn't take forever to get, find a game you know expand your reach every 10 seconds whatever literally just copy what hearthstone does um and then the I last thing would just that be that sentence so many times i literally just copy what hearthstone does <laughs> <laughs> um and then the last thing would be all they would need to do to like really want people to grind is one, be able to tell where you are ranked compared to other people, but then just do a end of month sleeve that just has like rank one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, top twenty-five, top fifty, top seventy-five, top hundred, top two hundred, top two fifty. Um, for the players who are in Arceus Ladder, that's it. Everyone would want to get those sleeves, right? The the top tens would be one of a kind. Uh, they'd be like the same card artwork, but it would just have a number on it for your placement. Um, in the uh at the end of the month whatever yeah that's it it's so I mean, simple they already it's have like exclusive so easy uh cosmetics also, and stuff for getting to arceus tier yeah oh, no but like make it though it's like it, it matters what rank you are because right yeah, now just sure, get to arceus sure. tier and that's like and you can't even compare yourself to other people which is like, i don't the know worst i mean part. i feel like if you don't have like number one it's like why are you even using it you know well, yeah, but still shows an accomplishment, right? Sure. Like, dude, the guy who won Pokemon Go Worlds got a freaking uh, world champion hoodie in the game. Oh, really? What the heck? Yeah, so <laughs> sick, right? That is pretty sick. Uh, last thing, and this has been kind of miserable. Don't let people queue into the same person two games in a row. I don't know if Hearthstone did that. I'm pretty sure they did because I remember back in the day when I used to grind Hearthstone, there was always this like one really good control warrior player i would always want to play against because he was so good and i feel like i never hit him two games in a row when i when, like when i hit him i'd always keep requeuing games like immediately after i'd hit someone else i'd play against them then i feel like i'd always hit him the game after so i'm pretty sure hearthstone does that um but ptcgo did that you couldn't queue into the same person twice in a row on ptcgo for anyone who didn't know everything good that was it's so ridiculous that anything that was good on ptcgo they didn't take over to ptc live like that blows my mind they were like ptcgo everyone hated it so we can't use any of that stuff we have to do everything new and I just all right. Let's move on to the next topic. Keep Haiti on PTCG Live. If we're gonna get change drastically with PTCG Live or see a new client, we have to hate on it. That's the only way. So get your pitchforks out, sharpen them, get the torches, light them up. Just keep it up, keep going. We're we're I think we're uh, in the heading in the right direction. James Cox has been pushed over the edge. We just need a couple more <laughs> dominoes to fall, and uh, hopefully we can get there where we uh, get this thing fixed. Real quick, let's just touch on the Indonesia Championships. Yep um looks like it was won by mew again this is like uh 
in the next format technically but not with clay burst and snow hazard so not with paldea evolved just all the way just a little bit but the only cards that were played was in this eighth place uh tina lost zone list so yeah we do have the mu v max here no arvin thankfully no avery even which i think i'm also fine with um uh and one trekking shoes. one trekking shoes one pokey gear one great ball <laughs> okay the more i've looked it at was. this the, the you know it did get first place this is true <laughs> got the ones in there yeah i'm not sure i'm a big fan of uh any of those one ofs but uh yeah another i mean Mew kind of did all right overall on the weekend that's the deck that i've never been, i have been, been a fan of recently i don't think it's really changes any of my opinions to be honest and yeah nothing too drastic in this top eight right like everything I mean, I guess like the biggest thing is this Melowetta Mew build, right? Like the Melowetta Mew thing is probably the thing that stands out the most. Yeah, Melowetta Mew catcher. is the way to play Mew moving forward um, because of the Spirit Tomb. Um, so like the results we've seen from, was it the last tournament from Japan? Yeah, all the Mews are Melowetta Mews now because you kind of need it. You need the fusion energy in your deck to be able to get around, um, to be able to get around the Spirit Tomb when that releases. I think there was not that much Spirit Tomb in that, that many lists it looked like. Um, in a couple of the stream matches I watched, there was some Spirit Tombs. But mm -hmm. yeah, you, I mean, you just can't. If anyone flips over a spirit team, you literally just concede. So yeah, yeah it seems if like this fusion Mew is the way to go. Yeah, next next format, next set, fusion Mew is. If you want to play Mew still, for whatever reason, if you still want to play Mew, you have to kind of go the fusion route. It looks like. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not um, seeing in this top sixteen from that Japanese tournament. What, I'm not actually teams? even noticing any spirit tomb. Yeah, there were some in, in this in a couple of the stream games I watched. There was some. Oh, yeah, tunes. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, in the Guja list. Is, is there a Guja in the top? I think the Guja no. list had it. What? There's not. Yeah, there is actually a Guja list chip. And it has Spirit Tomb. So <laughs> am I? Can I not see? Oh, there's yep. the Guja list. Oh, what do you know? Confirmed blind live right. on stream. <laughs> Indonesia Championships. We've also got Lugia Archaeops getting second place. Pretty standard list here. It's got both of the one prizers in it, but no, and no, no extra big attacker, no Dura, no uh, Urshifu. Which honestly, like, if no one's playing Duraludon and there's not as much Gudra, do you even need either of those two cards? Like, is this kind of a fine way to go back to it? It gives you an edge in the mirror still to have one of them. Um, Edge and Mirror gives you something because the Gudra matchup I think is actually unfavorable without it. Uh, but we yeah. even if you look at the uh, wait, where are we looking at Indonesia right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. So it gives you an edge in the mirror. I think it's the biggest thing it would give you to have the Dural on or the the other one. So if you're the only Lugia player in the room and Lugia is still pretty popular, I would like to be the only Lugia player playing Dural on Arshavu. To be honest, and we see that in the, and actually it's interesting. Both of these Guardi lists have or both of these Lugia lists. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired. Both of these Lugia lists have the Guardi. Um, and we did see Mew. There's two Mew in top cut, also two Tina decks. Um, so maybe that was a, maybe there was like a shift dealing with Mew slash Tina. The, the guard is a little bit better than the Serena, right? Um, so that might be an adjustment that these Lugia players made, and maybe they didn't expect as much Lost Box, or maybe Lost Box did not do quite as well. And we do only see one Lost Box in the top eight, of course. How popular it was in the rest of the tournament? That would be like a really cool stat, and I don't think, um, once again, Robin, if you're out there and you're bored one day, <laughs> um, the day one stats aren't always available, but that would definitely be a really cool cool number to see would be, because you can only see like the day two or the top eight meta by just going to statistics um, on the on the Limitless site. But if there was like under statistics, if there was a day one slash day two meta, sometimes we get the numbers from RK9, I want to say. I could be wrong on that. We don't get the full numbers. We maybe just get the graph of the top six decks. But I think that's um, all that is publicly released. Yeah. Um, 
But if we ever get more than that, knowing that would be really good. But I don't know if that's ever publicly released. So if it is, wait, no, it's, it used to be though, right? Remember the post that like yeah. Shemansky would put out or I can I would put out? I forget who put them out. I think Shemansky helped them with that. Those are, those, digital, those just don't happen anymore though, though no. do they? Maybe, maybe Robin did used to have those in the older tournaments where those did happen. I don't remember. Can we bring those back? Yeah, Arcanine. Can we bring those? I mean, I don't know if the Arcanine is listening, but I'm just I was just hoping everyone's listening yeah, this week. Everyone Pokemon, loves the Robin, Energy Arcanine. podcast, bro. You know they're watching, bro. It's the podcast. Everyone's watching. Hey, I'm just like putting suggestions out there. That'd be cool to see. No one has to do any of this or take any of this seriously. I know we're all busy, but if you get bored, you got some extra time. They want stats. I, I miss those the kind ultimate of, like, ideas guy. Yeah, I can't do any of this myself, so I gotta <laughs> kind of send it out into the void and hope someone else can do it. Man, I got so many ideas. PTCG Live, if you guys need to hire someone, you need like a... <laughs> We're on this again? Uh, <laughs> a uh, management director, like tell people what to do, what they need to fix. I'm your guy. I got ideas for days for PTCG Live. Get me in there. Um, but yeah, no, I think that that's all we got to talk about as far as results. Let's get something else, Chip. I don't think so. With that, we can move into Guess That Flavor Text. But first... We have to take a moment to thank our sponsor of the podcast, Dragon Shield. Huge thanks, of course, to Dragon Shield for being a sponsor of the Uncommon Energy podcast. Dragon Shield makes some of the best card gaming and tabletop gaming products and accessories on the market, including sleeves, binders, deck boxes, and much, much more. I actually had a product I wanted to shout out and talk about this week. This is something that I don't use all the time. I actually really only have one deck I use it on currently, and I think I'm going to put a couple other decks uh, use these for other decks, and that is some perfect fits. I've got these smoke perfect fits that they sent me a while ago um, that help protect your cards a little bit better, basically just double sleeves. So I have my 2006 LBS deck double sleeved in these. It's a very expensive deck. It's max rarity with a lot of <laughs> very expensive cards in it, so I wanted to make sure to protect them as much as possible. Um, Azul, I know you don't double sleeve, but um, have you ever no. used inner sleeves for anything at all in the past we ever shuffled decks that have them on them um i some of the cards in the past i've definitely like oh look i had some of my like tropical be like top 32 tropical beaches or not tropical beaches i wish i had top 32 tropical beaches top 32 champions festivals um double sleeved um, yeah. at some point so yeah it just is a way to add a little bit extra layer of protection and some people do like if you play with max rarity cards i don't think it's necessarily a bad idea to double sleeve your decks right just try to protect them a little bit more if that's something you're interested in some people don't mind riffle shuffling their gold ultra balls you know more power to you <laughs> do what you want to do with your um with your pokemon cards but yeah i'm not gonna lie usually that stuff doesn't make me cringe but um whenever i watch mahone play his cube and he goes in on shuffling that stuff like i don't like i would never riffle shuffle someone riffle shuffle someone else's old cards but like mahone goes in on his own cards riffling them i'm like but even that makes me cringe a little bit and i don't yeah. like you should cringe at that stuff ever um but i'll uh, just show like one card for anyone watching on the youtube video but um yeah you just see i like the smoke one because it just adds a little bit of extra color to the inside of the sleeve these are in i think crimson red um mats as well so yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's a great way to just protect your more expensive cards in your collection. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Go check them out. Go check out Dragon Shield in general over at uh, dragonshield.com slash webshop slash US or slash EU. They're in Europe. And, of course, they're available pretty much anywhere you go. Card shops, Amazon, big retail stores. Check them out everywhere. You can find them everywhere, everywhere. So huge shout-out to Dragon Shield, as always. For sponsoring the pod, excited to try out some uh, Matt Turquoises this weekend in Hartford. Ooh, Looks sick. Nice. And um, yeah. All right, 
Guess that flavor text. Moving on. I'm behind four points, and it's my turn yeah. to give another flavor t- flavor text for Chip to potentially uh, guess the card slash Pokemon that it belongs to. If it's your first time listening to the pod. The way this works is one of us picks a card and reads the flavor text on the card uh, for the other player, for the other co-host, to try and guess which Pokemon that card belongs to. Um, four points if you get without using a single lifeline for each lifeline you use. You get one less point. The lifelines are what set the card is from, what stage the card is, and then read an attack name from the card. Chip, are you ready? I'm so ready. All right. Its heartbeat is fast, and its blood is so agitated that it can't sit still for one second. Um, okay. So what's like a... Oh. Is it... All right. Read it. Is, you said it was agitated. Read it one more time. Its heartbeat is fast, and its blood is so agitated that it can't sit still for one second. I want to say this is Spoink, because I know there's, like, lore with Spoink that if it ever stops bouncing, like, its heart stops beating. So that would be in line with a Pokemon that's... That would be, like, so annoying. Like, you can't... You just got to bounce all the time. Does it sleep bouncing? Does it bounce while it sleeps? I don't know what the lore... Uh, Have you never seen the memes on Twitter where it's, like... Uh, it's like a cute picture of a spoink sleeping on the ground. And oh then, yeah, and then it's the it's like if you Mr. Incredible, the, yeah, Mr. it's Incredible like those people like... who know, yeah, <laughs> the people who don't know, yeah, those are good because the spoink is dead. <laughs> <laughs> so spoink is what my first thought was, to be honest. But it almost doesn't. I feel like most of spoink's like Pokedex entries and flavor texts and stuff would say something about bouncing, and this. I don't. It didn't say anything about bouncing, right? It just said it can't sit still, which is no, a little. No, the word different. bounce is not mentioned a single time. Yeah, so um, I think I'm going to use a lifeline. I mean, I'm ahead, so I'm going to just take a second to try to. <laughs> I don't need to get four points, right, with a spoink. All guess. right, buddy. So I'm going to go with a guess that a. a, a well, <laughs> I'm tired too. A lifeline yeah. of what set the card is from. The card is from Unified Minds. Unified Minds. So late Sun and Moon era set. Let me have you give me what stage the card is. Is a stage one. All right, so that eliminates Spoink. And let's just go ahead and use all of them. Let's read an attack name as well. Roar. Hmm. So a stage one that cannot sit still that has roar as an attack. It's agitated heartbeat or agitated blood pressure or something. Not blood pressure. Pulse. Um, shoot. Man, I really don't know. Unified Minds. There was like, that was the set like Behem was in, but that's not this. That's what else was in that set? That was the Mewtwo. That was the World's 2018 set. Or 2019, yeah. Worlds 2019 with Mewtwo and Mew tag team. Tina Chomp. What else was in that set, man? Is that Unified Minds? I don't remember. I think you're right, though. That is Unified Minds. So you guys played Pidgey Control, right? What else was played back then? All right, Chip. I'm going to have to with the clock here soon. Yeah, I just don't even know. <clears throat> Um, slow playing in guess that flavor text, bro. 
I mean, <laughs> I can't get you a DPL for that, but that seems pretty. Hey, uh... listen, man, no one is stopping me from you know using all of my comfies if if I have game in hand. So <laughs> using all your using all of your lifelines. <laughs> I should have spaced them out a little bit more. There's no reason, right? <laughs> Counted to fifteen between each action. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't want to like just forfeit it, but I genuinely don't have a clue. I mean, could it be like some dog Pokemon, like Roar? I mean, Arcanine and stuff like that has Roar, but I don't feel like this is an Arcanine type thing. Um, and I don't think there's an Arcanine in there either, because there's one in Unbroken Bonds. How do you know that? How do you know there's an Arcanine in Unbroken Bonds? <laughs> it was the arcanine that was played alongside reshizard oh because that, okay. that was the set reshizard came out in so that's how i know all right, all right my bad <laughs> some dog pokemon i mean could it be hurtier or something i don't really think so <clears throat> uh yeah the whole style line has some interesting uh flavor text to be honest i'm gonna go with hurtier i don't think that's correct but i'm gonna go with it because i don't know what else to do it is not the hurtier I wasn't sure whether to use attack the attacks roar or slash here, but I think that would have been about equal in stumping you. Uh, it is Vigoroth, of course. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and actually, this card artwork—I mean, it is its mouth is open, but it looks like it has a football in its mouth. Does it actually have a football in it, dude? It's so hard to tell. No, its mouth is definitely just, but the left side. There we go. That's the no, one. No, bro. That's its mouth. But look at the left side. That's look its at the left chin, side. It... dude. That's its chin. Dude, I think I'm looking at this wrong. Look at any other Vigoroth card. All right, give me another Vigoroth card. Oh! <laughs> I thought its mouth was open. I thought its mouth was open or there was a football in it. Well, there's definitely not a football in it, but like, <laughs> it looks like there's a football in its mouth. Does football its mouth exist is closed. in the Pokemon world? Is football do they play any sports in the let us know in the comment section down below is any of the anime episodes is the, is the sport just pokemon battling each other is that the only sport in the uh, there's definitely other sports might be oh there's soccer right yeah there's 100 soccer yeah uh, there's those on the ball cards yeah, on the ball on the ball so definitely soccer um who knows about anything past that though all right, all right. That's oh. it for Guess That Flavor Text. And now it is time to move on to our discussion about the tournaments coming up this weekend. We've got Hartford. Azul and I will both be there. I'll be casting or doing the analyst lounge, I should say. Azul will be playing. There's also going to be Plan the on Malmo regionals and then also a Buenos Aires special event down in Argentina. A lot of events. Azul. A lot of events. Yeah, tons happening here. Getting down to the end of the season. So a lot of people are going to be trying to wrap up those last few points for their world's invites. There's going to be a lot of shakeup in the top 16 race as well. Tons of stuff happening in the Pokemon TCG world. I guess before we get too much into it, one thing to talk about, or one thing I would want a question I would want to pose is when it comes to making a deck decision, does the factor of, Oh, I just need, you know, 40 points to get my world's invite. Is that something that will ever play or should ever play into someone's decision on what deck to play? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think if you can come up with a, like a trying to come up with like a meta prediction for a tr format or trying to come up with like the next best deck, I think like this tournament specifically about, if, if someone just wanted points, I think my suggestion would be to play Lugia, to be honest, yeah. um, or even maybe Mew. Like, Mew, I don't think yeah. like, I, I wouldn't predict, Mew. I would 
Yeah, I wouldn't say play Mew if your goal is to do well in the tournament, but if your goal is like just a day two or top two fifty six gets points as well, right? I don't know how many you get for top two fifty six, but I think um, thirty. Yeah, if that's your goal. I would say just yeah, play something like Mew or Lugia would be my my suggestion. Um, I think Lugia is actually like a really good play in general this weekend, but um, yeah, it does be the one of those two. Like if you've been playing Mew a ton of Mew, I don't think Mew's gonna win the. I don't think I don't, if you're trying to win the tournament, I would not play Mew. But if you're trying to show up and uh, get some points. I think Mar- Mew is a, a solid shout for sure. So definitely something that could play uh, a factor in what you want yeah. to go with. Um, and I think like the idea with that is like decks like Mew and Lugia, like you're just going to get to play the game a really high percentage of the time. Like you just are going to like have, a pretty powerful deck. Yeah. Like, yeah like... A deck that is powerful. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and there's less decision, like something like lost box, I think is probably, um, I mean, I guess it's it's hard to gauge how you measure power level. Like, Lost Box is the deck in the format that you can do the most stuff with, but, like, a consequence of that is that there's way too... There's so many points in the game where a small, incorrect decision can just derail your game plan, right? So, by merit of that, I think, like, it's pretty safe to just say, if you just need to wrap up a few points, playing a deck like Lugier Mew is never a bad choice. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think yeah. In these kind of situations, yeah, if you're just trying to get those last couple championship points, those are like the. I think those are the two go tos. I, if I thought about it a little bit harder, I'd maybe come up with something else. Um, but yeah, those would be like my two go tos. Um, um, I, I guess you know, Arctina. I don't think it's actually a bad shout either. Arctina. Actually, you know what? I would put Arctina over Mew. I think Arctina is currently the better Judge Path deck. So I would actually say Arctina and Lugia are the two decks I'd put. And that's kind of like a. And uh, that's kind of something I've thought about recently in general. Like, I don't think Mew is just that. I just don't think Mew is that good. I think you're unfavorable. Your Lugia matchup is close, uh, if not unfavored. You're unfavored to pretty much every Lost Box build. More of them are starting to play Kyogre, which makes it worse. Uh, and I think you're unfavored to Guardi as well. So I don't think Mew is a very good deck at all right now. Uh, if Arctina didn't exist, I think it would be a decent deck to just, like, try and get points with. I think that would be, like, still a fair analysis of it in the meta. Um, but I would actually say go with Arctina instead. And speaking of Arceus decks in general, I guess this is where we can kind of start here, is like definitely going to be Arceus's most popular tournament, I think, in a while. Hartford probably will be, right? I feel like Arctina just took down uh, Portland, and a lot of people have been playing it. And I think it is pretty good right now. There's also like the Arcturus stuff as well. Like Arceus, I think, is going to be pretty popular in general. Yeah, I mean, there's also the other Arcturus stuff with like the Umbreon, right? They got top yep. eight in portland there's our flying pikachu stuff that's been that's like popped, popped up here and there we even talked about arceus hisui and gudra earlier in the podcast like i think this is going to be a pretty big weekend for arceus decks i totally agree um, yeah it's not going to be like number one plate or anything but yeah, yeah. compared I will to previous say, weekends i think if you're looking at the lists that have done well recently i think i would lean a little bit more towards cash's list than landon's list and really the only big difference there is that uh cash played the sharon's care and i do think sharon's care is pretty good in arctina overall and lost box is pretty good so yeah yeah one so one i think i would definitely get sharon's care into my arceus deck this weekend yeah, into I definitely, my, my Arctina deck, I should say at least. Yeah, I definitely can't. Maybe I Volo, mean, I, honestly, as well as something that. that could be decent. Yeah. Uh, because you can ditch a if they know you only play Sharon's Care, like they can stack damage on your Tina, right? Yeah, definitely. But I mean, I don't know which one's better, to be honest. But yeah, one of them I think is pretty good. Like one of the Artinas I beat, if they hit their Sharon's Care, I literally lose. And then up against uh Landon, I was like very happy to know that they didn't play Sharon's Care. 
Uh, or going into the matchup, I was pretty confident they did not have chance care. So yeah, I would say yeah. I mean, Lost Box is going to probably be the uh, the most popular deck of the tournament, right? I think it's going to be around that twenty percent again. I don't think anything's going to come. Well, maybe something will come close to it, but it's like yeah, it's definitely going to be the the top dog for sure, right? Something might yeah. come close to being as popular, but yeah, top dog, most popular deck, uh, definitely going to be Lost Box going into this weekend of events. Um, and Lost so, Box is a deck with many it. hats here as well. We've got the Turbo Build, Forest Seal, or Sky Seal, right? We've got Sky Seal boxes. We've got Ogre. We've got things like the Shamansky build with the Moltres and the Kyogre. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've got Sablezard, which I guess we maybe should talk about separately. It's like kind of a different deck, but um, I don't know. Yeah, Lost Box. I know you're a fan of Ogre. Um, that's what you play. I mean, Ogre's whatever. I'm, I'm not as... Ogre's all right. If it's the best one, if I think it's the best way to play it, I'll play it. But I'm kind of tired of playing Ogre, to be honest. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I would like it to not be the best build of it for sure. But yeah, there's a lot of lot Kyogre's of ways to play it. Kyogre's just such a right powerful now. option to like win the game. Like you're never out I mean, of five hundred damage when is a lot. Kyogre hanging around, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like I made, I made plenty of uh, tons of comebacks with Kyogre throughout the many times I've played it so far uh, this season. Yeah, you're definitely yeah, it is yeah, it's a good way to put it. You're never really out of a game. I mean, you are out of some games. At yeah, some point, you in at some point you get out games. of the game. Yeah. Yeah, it keeps you in way more games than pretty much any other card in the game, to be honest. I don't think any other card keeps you in the game more than Kyogre does. So it is a pretty powerful option to not want to play. But like we did just see, you know, Hedrick take down uh the special event with like the more uh straightforward turbo plus guy sealstone build. There's just so many ways to play Loxbox right now. The only one that I'm not a big fan of is the the Shamansky build right now. Like I think the turbo stuff may has its merits, Kyogre stuff's got its merits. Um and then uh Sable's Art as well. I still kind of like I I really enjoy playing Sable's Art. Um definitely put your choice belts in or I see people doing defiant bands, but like the number one enemy yeah. for Sable's Art is Lugia. So I would put your choice belts in over your Defiant Bands. Defiant Band is kind of sus um but yeah do you like I, any I of like the like two well. prize pokemon that people have played in their sables arts like sables Art? no the del fox i've seen the <laughs> no, Intavi. No. you don't like any of it i think it's all bad i think maybe mirage gate i think the mirage gate is kind of cool because you can get like a really early aggressive zard or it just like kind of thins out your deck at the end of the game getting you like a pivot option through a comfy plus maybe an energy onto a sable eye but i think the deck does not see enough cards consistently to play any kind of like multiple mirage gate one of attackers fighting energy i've seen like zapdos before as well fighting energy well the or thing the about Delphox something or... like intv right you can just you, you can put magma basin in your deck and then you just slap it down and attach right so it's like that's a more efficient one the, the delphox yeah you need to play mirage gates and like that's a little bit harder to pull off right yeah i think there was a was it i think it was top 32 in portland with the entei i think not bad but yeah i personally would not recommend doing any of those i would just say straightforward consistent um as possible uh, if you th- if the one thing i could see would be the entei yeah. possibly i don't know what matchup would be like great against but yeah if you determine oh there's not even a magma basin in there oh yeah interesting it's just raihan what is the entei for what i wonder what the matchup that the entei is like swings here let me see if i can look up his uh yeah, i would say the entei seems okay if you're a fan of magma basin like if you have magma basin in there then the entei seems better you're not rocking the magma basin though yeah I, I'm, I'm actually kind of i saw the entei and i didn't realize there wasn't the magma basin to accompany it yeah, i wonder what matchup that like is maybe like the mew matchup it seems like a solid option to be honest the mew matchup seems like a solid option for the entei he played a lot of mew he played six mew in the tournament <laughs> but was not and, cooking all of them only lost the one though actually yeah lost one tied one so went four one one against mew 
And tastes broken, apparently, against Mew. And the difference maker. <laughs> well, yeah, assuming that's what it was used in. It was <laughs> also probably pretty against... it was probably pretty good against this Dialga that we yeah, played probably in round good. <laughs> <laughs> that was the t- oh, that's why they played it, of course. For they predicted the, the round four. <laughs> yeah, round four against the Dialga Magnus. They knew, bro. They're like, man, but I don't what if I go up against Dialga Magnus in round four? Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's mostly a liability. Like if you, in the t- you can even like look at a ton of these matchups here against Guardi Gudra uh lost tina um all it's just a liability against lost box mirrors as well it's like a loss a liability against all of those matchups right so sure the only matchup i could think about would be it's probably decent against mew but if it's only for mew have you heard of second drapion <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's um, like it could be a second drapion that just does other things right because like drapion literally is yeah, only of course a, of course yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool for sure. Maybe you can like some big hits against Titar could be kind of chill as well. There was a choice about others that would like like want to KO a Titar, sure. They'd fill up their bench or get close to filling it up. So, so uh, yeah, Lost Box is a lot of routes to take. The only one that I haven't been a big fan of is that the Baby Moltres type build. That's the only one that I've been like, eh. I prefer the the Seal Stone stuff for the most part. Or, um, I do kind of like the Kyogre build that just has like two Snorlax as the alternate attacker. So just Water and Psychic Energy, two Snorlax. Kyogre, um, that build has felt pretty solid as well. But when I played the Maltry stuff, it's always felt like it just kind of gotten in the way and just made the deck more clunky. So Gardevoir was super hyped up heading into Portland. Everyone was like, this is the best deck. We even thought, I, th- I thought it was going to be the most played deck. It, was. And it, it did end up being, yeah, it was the most played deck day, day one. one, but it flopped super hard. Did not have a good <laughs> conversion rate. There were none in top eight of Portland. It did okay. I think it had top eight in Sao Paulo, right? But Still yeah. didn't do the best there overall. Uh, just that one top eight finish. It fell really hard in Portland. And typically, we, we see this cycle in Pokemon, right? Like a deck does really well, then people respect it or counter it or whatever. And then it does really bad. And then because yeah. it did really bad, people are less worried about it. Is this a chance for Gardevoir to bounce back? Or is the reason it fell so hard because Lost Box was really popular? And if Lost Box is going to be really popular again, will Guardi? maybe see similar situations come up um well i think like so it's initial do well was toward at uic right which i think was like interesting like it, you don't really ever call anything a fluke but if you re-simulate that tournament i think toward has a little bit harder time dodging that much that much that many lost box when lost box was the most popular deck i think still at like 20 percent at uic um and i think what we saw at portland was Ford's just filthy plot armor bro <laughs> <laughs> i think what we saw at portland was you just had uh, the guardies, there was that much more guardies, so they just hit that many more lost boxes, and it's just a really bad matchup. And that was kind of the thing that happened. So I don't really think there's like this back and forth going on because lost box isn't going anywhere because guardy isn't yeah. going to be as popular, right? So I see no reason why guardy would be very successful at all this weekend unless it is a guardy build tech for the lost box matchup. If someone can truly like get that kind of uh, honed in, I mean, we saw like Aiden and uh, Grant Shen playing Klefki's and Mewtwo V Union at uh uh portland is that their list right there is that we have pulled up yeah, yeah um that was their list. list yeah that's the list from portland um but i was sat next to grant a couple different times and talked to him out throughout the whole tournament and he was like constantly coming up short against every other matchup that wasn't lost box right because that's the sacrifice that's seven dead cards in a ton of matchups and a ton of situations that's a lot of dead cards right like <laughs> for me at the end of the game of course the mutual unions can play clef keys against like mew opening early is still good as well but like that's like a lot of dead cards in a lot of situations, and I think specifically uh, this would even uh, Grant mentioned me. He's like the Arceus decks were going to be tough for him. He thought um, as he was going into day two, um, and I think they were. I don't think he. I don't know how he did against them overall. 
Um, lost a one, played against one, lost to it, it looks like. He's got um, a couple question marks on here, too, that we don't know what they were, but... Yeah, um, and that's what I think we're going to see a little bit of a rise of as well as Arceus decks, right? So, Guardi right now, I don't think you can play it the straightforward build that a ton of people played it at, at Portland. A lot of people played a lot of straightforward Guardies. I have not looked uh, at this. I just This is Aiden's... Uh... Pokestats live literally eight and one into one. day two and then four L's in a row to start. <laughs> dude, you know that he was not feeling good <laughs> to start this day two off. Well, Holy you can God. see there Arctina, Arctina, yeah. like rough. It's a rough match, a tough matchup. That's going to be a the lot more popular. Bad cards in the deck. Yep. Mirror with there's a bunch of clunky cards like and then the Lost Box matchup is terrible. Um, but Inteleon Urshifu turned it around for Aiden. So shout out to <laughs> Inteleon Urshifu. Um, so yeah, I just don't think Guardians in a good spot. I just don't think there's a. It's really hard for me to come up with a. Oh, so now that we know the Lost Box matchup is terrible, no one's on that Copium anymore. That that Guardi's like fine against Lost Box without techs. You just go to the tech teched out Guardi builds for the Lost Box matchup. But then it's like your other matchup suffers so much. Like I think I don't think there's anything saving Guardi unless someone comes up with the new broken hotness for Guardi. I don't think there's anything saving it. I just think yeah. people shouldn't play it. I think it's just a bad play. I think there's a bad deck in this meta right now. Um, I don't expect that to change until listen. It gets new cards, but when it does, it's always possible though that you roll up and play it and don't play against more than one or two lost box. It's always possible. So you're just gonna are you gonna show up with no Texans? You're not teching out your guardy if you play it this it, weekend. Too? You have to wonder if that's the better way to go about it. I, I actually I actually respect that a little bit more. That's kind of what I think Tord was going for at EUIC. Yeah. Was just just do, the deck is the best deck if I don't hit lost box. And if All you, right, you here we go. Like, even if it's a bad matchup, if it's seventy thirty, you can roll thirty percent twice or just once, and it's a game one that doesn't finish or game yeah, two hard, that doesn't ga- finish right yeah game three it's hard for game three to finish in that matchup actually i feel like as well like because yeah, it, you a can lost squeeze box deck, a tie so. out worst case scenario maybe try to get a 1-0 win because yeah. uh, lost box takes a long time naturally anyway right um i think that tour did say that that's like kind of what his thought was going like he he knows that it wasn't a great matchup right <laughs> yeah so. he knows it wasn't good and i didn't think it was as, i didn't think it was that bad either until i played portland and i was like this is Dude, give me more guardies, bro. I was like, I hit four in a row or something, or three in a row. Or something. I was like, yes, keep them coming, bro. I got so excited when uh, my round one opponent day two was playing guardy as well. <laughs> it didn't show up, but maybe it was worth it because it would have been a free dub, obviously. So let's um, now talk about one of the decks that you mentioned as a good play for someone who is just trying to lock up some points, and that's Lugia. Points. Um, and I, I think Lugia like has the legs to go farther as well. I mean, obviously we just saw Radiant yeah. got second place, right? Lugia is a deck I wouldn't be surprised to see win the tournament. It just it doesn't feel like in the gameplay right now. There's not a lot of expression of what you can do. We mentioned this like you're kind of Lugia. just one dimensional in what you do. You attack with Lugia or you attack with a single strike guy. Um, yeah, it would be hard to get hype about Lugia winning a regional to be honest. If Lugia wins, like not because of like Lugia's past, but just because the deck is so on hype. Like yeah. it's just not exciting yeah. at all. I think the um, most exciting things you can do is in your deck building, right? Like when people play the exist. Thornton at EUIC, like that okay, was kind of yeah. cool, right? Yeah, that's that's that kind of cool. cool. When it's like, oh, people are playing the Raladon in their Lugia. Okay, that's kind of cool, right? And then yeah. we see Reagan transition into the Urshifu. That's where a lot of people were headed anyway. I guess the question is, is like is there anything else maybe to explore for uh, Lugia? I don't think so. I think either you backtrack a little bit and maybe don't play the Urshifu, but it doesn't make a ton of sense with the matchup spread currently, I don't feel like. So I think Reagan has kind of set the standard for what you basically play. And we even saw like Connor and Gabe at the special event in uh, Bogota uh, basically played the exact same 60, like one or two cards off of what Reagan was rocking. Not to say that they didn't get there by themselves and didn't just copy Reagan, but um, yeah, I think Reagan's list has kind of set the standard for what you kind of play as Lugia. And I don't think there's too much to change around, but I always like to be proven wrong, and I would like to be the person who proves people wrong. But as I can tell you, as far as right now, my 
my list is literally like two cards off Reagan. So <laughs> like it's pretty good. Uh, Urshifu is pretty cool. Lugia is pretty good too as well. I think Lugia is a, a, a very solid play going to this weekend. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, Lost Box players kind of disrespecting Lugia still. And um, if you go up against a Lost Box player... is so good against Lost Box. <laughs> it's good. Also, if, if you go up against a, a Lost Box player who doesn't quite know how to play the Ogre correctly, if they're playing Kyogre, I feel like the matchup's close. But if they don't play it correctly... You're going to get them with the Lugia. And then non-Kyogre builds, I think, are actually just unfavored to Lugia. I think every non-Kyogre Lost Box deck is unfavored to Lugia. Is it um, worth I playing think, Penny in a deck like this this weekend? Uh, the Penny's actually just really good in general, as, as not even just as a Mawile counter, which it is kind of there for. Like, we saw a really cool play from Reagan against Lee in top, was eight or four? No, on the winning end, yeah. where uh, Lee went, okay, boss up your Urshifu, punch it. And then Reagan was like, okay, Penny. And I was like, oh, that's that's good. That literally, like, just won Reagan that game. So, yeah, the Penny's just really good in general. It removes liabilities in any matchup, removes damage in play up against the uh, Lost Box matchup. If you go up against a single price Lost Box deck, you can, like, attack with Lugia V. If they hit it with, like, a Snorlax or a Cram, you can Penny it up. There's, like, a ton of things um, that the Penny does. So, I think you that or the Thornton. I think you still want to play. You don't want to get Maw Wild Cheesed. You don't want to play against the the big brain next level player who's like, there's no way Lugia players actually still tech for Maw Wild this weekend. And then the Sables are draw up with Maw Wild again. I don't think that's going to happen. Or you don't want to be caught with your pants down kind of situation. And the penny's just so good that I think it's just you probably just rock the penny again. I think it's probably better than the Thornton as well. But the Thornton's kind of cool as well. I don't know. They're both they're both chill. And then the deck that I said that I liked for someone who's just trying to snag some points, and that is Mew VMAX. I think Mew is super good, super consistent. Um kind of mid. and super high power level, obviously, as well. Did you say mid? <laughs> kind of mid, yeah. <laughs> kind of mid. I just think. Uh, unfavorable against pretty much every Lost Box build. Uh, unfavorable to Guardi. Lugia matchup, I want to say, is unfavorable, um, but it's probably pretty close. It kind of just comes down to the early judge paths, but it's no better than 50 50. Um, yeah, I just don't see a reason to play me right now. Just because if you're unfavorable against Lost Box, I don't know why you'd ever play the deck, basically. Um, except, like, like, even though you could get Guardi to be probably favored against Lost Box with the Clef Keys and the Mewtwo Union, your other match, your win percentage overall suffers so much to do that, it's not worth it. So yeah, I feel like Mew's kind of in the same situation. You're unfavorable against Lost Box, and as as Mew, you kind of can't fix it. You have to go so far in a way to fix that matchup that your yeah. other matchups become terrible. I so. do think um, one thing I think that could be good. I th- I'm not playing Avery currently in my Mew list, but Avery is good against the Lost Box decks because what you can do is you Avery. It's okay. So so what what happens a lot of times when I've played Mew versus Lost Box? Sometimes you just can judge path and win, right? Like I mean that's. Yeah what Mew does and how you beat other things too, just generally. Um, So you will just win games through virtue of that. But a lot of times, I mean, they'll have to attack with a two prizer at some point and you get to a point in the game where you uh, can win by going like echoing horn boss, or like you're a turn away from going echoing horn boss to KO that two prizer again. And lost box players will just try to fill their bench so that you can't do that. So if you can get to a point where you've got like three prizes left, avery that turn instead of judging them and then play the horn just get that two prizer in play so they can't claw it back to their hand or um just like get it in play so you can boss the next turn that's i think that's another reason that avery could be a consideration for Mew this weekend okay that could be reasonable and you I, it's kind of funny to that because you're hating on the avery a little bit earlier 
and also well, you were hating, hating on, on the Avery as and much. you were hating on the Arvin, and you yeah, know what Arvin don't finds? play Arvin. Arvin finds Echoing Horn, so it's the one, two, three <laughs> combo. Arvin for Echoing Horn, Avery to kill yeah, dude, the bench, use play Echoing Horn. Avery, Arvin, and Boss above. all yeah. in the same turn. All yeah, don't the disrupt their turn. hand at all. Just stop disrupting the Lost Box player's hand. You'll be fine. Avery into or Arvin into Avery into Boss is the combination. <laughs> We've cracked the code chip. Use broken again. Let's rock it. A um, couple it. final decks, more on the kind of the fringe side or less played side uh, overall is uh, got the Gudra um, and the Mirai. I don't talk about last. Gudra I actually think is in a, a quite a bit better spot. Less Guardi. The Guardi matchup I think is tough, not terrible. Um, and it's getting replaced by Arceus deck, which I feel like Gudra generally has a decent time against. Um, Arctina. Yeah, Arctina seems like a decent matchup. I haven't like, really played it too much. Um, but yeah, Gudra, I think Gudra's definitely, it's not great still for Gudra. Um, especially because like a lot of Lost Box Kyogre builds have ways to checkmate Gudra currently. I will say this: if you're gonna play Gudra, play a Judge because they're not the Lost Box players not going down to three prize cards uh, until they have you basically locked up for the dub in a lot of situations against a lot of different Lost Box builds. So you got to be able to hand disrupt them that turn before. So put a Judge in your Gudra deck if you're playing Gudra this weekend, and then um, probably still don't play this? Gudra, but it's like not terrible. Have you seen Mahone's list here from Portland with the Panic Mask? Panic Mask, yeah. Uh, I remember throughout the tournament in day two, Mahone said, I wish they were like literally anything else. It makes my uh, <laughs> loss zoning really easy, though. <laughs> I think Mahone played against one Guardi the whole tournament, and I think he did get the value out of them in that matchup. If anyone doesn't know what Panic Mask, Mask does, if a Pokemon attacking the Pokemon that has Panic Mask on it has 40 or less HP, you prevent all the damage from that Pokemon to the Pokemon with the Panic Mask. So up against Guardi, for a Zacian to one-hit KO a Gudra that just attacked in the active spot, you need to put 10 energy on the Zacian. And then you're like KOing, you're putting yourself in that range of that 40 or less HP. You'll have 20 yeah. HP remaining if they all come from the discard pile. If one comes from hand and nine from, come from the discard pile, you're still in that range. Uh, and then if you try and build up the Zacian ahead of time by like manual attachments, they can like boss punch it for 200 uh, ahead of time and kind of lock you out of it. You can like penny it from there, but then once again, you can't get to the 10. So Guardi Tech, Guardi was very popular, but I know Mahone did not use them to much effect, um, but definitely an interesting tech um potentially still to run in the deck i guess it still is like an like a yeah it's still gonna be a slightly unfavorable matchup unless everyone goes like a super teched out route then their inconsistencies that guardy comes up with by being super teched out probably makes up to the point where you probably don't need panic mask and your matchup is about 50 50 to slightly favor yeah uh i'm i'm a fan of two choice belt in this deck as well i think i know that I'm yeah sure the one I'm choice belt's so good what at uh the one choice was so good when you need it so yeah i do i kind of like it's hard to want to yeah. play it but mahone and them did play the... two in london i know yeah and then i i mean i think when you're adding the panic mask it makes sense that you're going to cut some tools right that's like a natural cut or, especially when you're expecting guardy to be so popular could add the arvin to be able to find your tool i'm hanging out <laughs> <laughs> need your panic mask need it now arvin in a panic need, need a mask <laughs> Use a Harvin, get your panic mask. Uh, last deck to talk about. I'm not still not a big fan of this, but Chip, you have other thoughts. Maridon, why do you like it right now? Yeah, I mean, the version of it I've played around with that I actually really like is different from the other two versions that have gotten top eight, right? So we saw, uh, I don't know, Marid so Maridon, like, it's weird to call it underrated. I don't think it's under, I think it's probably adequately rated and like, I, I do think a lot of people disrespect it, but its finishes are good, right? It got top eight at these two big tournaments. Um, 
It's like one squeaking in though. Like the next highest placing Maridon is like non-existent. Yeah, you know, yeah. Someone's got to like, run hot. There's something like the card is obviously very powerful, right? Of course, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, the, just the consistency it provides. Electric generator is an insane card, right? And especially if you're playing a ton of energy. Um, a thirteen Dude, is probably mad. a low hit rate. Fifteen is pretty dang good though. Like you're gonna hit yeah. double double generator a decent amount and especially like if something like lugia sees an uptick in play i think maridon has a pretty good lugia matchup i think maridon has a pretty good arceus deck matchup as well so i mean if these two things are seeing an uptick in play azul seems to i don't know what this i don't know about the lugia it's like i don't know lugia is like 50 50 against everything i don't think i changed i think it depends if they have the stone journey or not i think that is a pretty big deal but even if they have the single strike urshifu the single strike urshifu can swing the matchup the same way stone journey does because you just can't one hit ko the single strike urshifu um the right you can get there if you have like four reggie lucky v max in play you can get there but like you can definitely set up a board state or go into a board state with the urchifu where they just can't respond to it uh and then stone turner like obviously just like swings the price trade back to your favor if it wasn't yeah, in your sure. favor but yeah i think it's like about 50 50 personally but i know chip is i mean yeah, there is so, like the potential you just knock out their only lugia though so i've been playing around with the list i talked about this a couple weeks ago that um a local played at the League Cup that I went to a few weeks ago. He ended up winning the tournament with it, and it's just like super gas, just the basic Pokemon. So it's Maridon EX and Raikou. That's it. Heavy switch cart. You're using Fleet Footed a lot. You're using Radiant Greninja to draw cards. And then you're just right KOing well, stuff right? on... You're just KOing... If, if you go second, you just hit a really <laughs> high percentage uh, of the time, like where you're just taking two prizes. And if you go first, you're almost always taking the first knockout, right? Because there's nothing else that's attacking Using. in turn one. So, yeah, I mean, it's just strong, consistent, fast. And I think the fact that it's gotten, you know, two top eights, there's something still to explore with Mariah. Yeah, what if you... Light Lightning just has great support. What if you, like, took the Flaffy Mareep stuff and just played, like, four EXP share? Uh, for the Raichu to like regain retain energy for the Raichu and then kind of went like more turbo like more turbo with more exp share yeah just keep them in play right, nobody leak anyone who's listening to the podcast don't leak that but that's winning hartford you catch me don't worry. catch me bodying people with Mariah on so exp share i can't test pdcg into... live pdcg live <laughs> won't let me test dude i tried to play pdcg live let's go back a little bit just for a second i tried to play pdcg live the oh other day oh my god it's like the only time i streamed it this week i feel like and it was like a third of my games were ended by me bugging or my opponent bugging um, or something happening like it was insane it was so frustrating if anyone saw my short i put on my youtube channel or the tweet i put out those games were from that attempted session of streaming ptcg live to you know just play pokemon bro i could not play pokemon that day on ptcg live it was so frustrating um keep the hate up you were doing good work <clears throat> um, well any other decks you wanted to mention as well i think that covers it we didn't have any predictions wrote down to do but i i, I got one prediction that we can put out there now we'll get most of this the same initially but let's try and predict what we think the day one graphic will have as far as the six decks go right in so order i think uh not in well do you want to do an order I was, I was gonna say we're probably gonna guess we're probably both gonna have four of the six the same and then the other two would kind of be like the things that'd be kind of up for grabs. we could try and do an order if you want to do an order oh let's just do the i mean let's say what the last two are because i think the four are going to be lost box gardevoir lugia mute right those four yeah. are going to be on there for sure yeah so who do you got who's your fifth i mean i think gudra's on there you got Gudra? I'll do my fifth. I got Artina. 
Yeah. I mean, you can Arctina. you can say Arctina as well if you want for your six. Who do you got? Who would you have as six? No, there? it probably is going to be Arctina, right? I mean, it just won the last tournament. Maybe I wonder if they group Arceus Range together. I hope not. Probably. No, not, I don't right? think they put Arctur and Arctina yeah. together. No. The only one I want to know is if they put Sablezard with the rest of the Lost Box, Lost Box stuff. That's what I'm curious about. I'm, they probably. They I think they do. Okay. I don't care if they do or don't. I just want to know. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't I care if they, they do, do or don't. Um, also, if they could release a full day one and day two, or at least just day one, because we get day two. If they could release a full day two meta share, that'd be great. If they could do that again, that'd be sick. Um, but who would you have as number six then, Chip? Or would you be Arctina and Gudra? Ar- 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 it's Arctina and Gudra, I think. I mean, I think it's definitely Arctina. I should have said that initially. Yeah, I know. That was silly of you. Yeah, you know, so, so, was... <laughs> so, so foolish. So foolish. Yeah, it's hard to not say Gudra. The other two contestants, I think, are Maridon and Arcdura to take that slot. But I'm going to go with everyone's favorite deck, Lost Tina. Lost Zone Tina will be squeaking in sixth place at 5.7%. Squeaking in sixth place on the graphic. Yeah, well, it's That's like a pretty the, high so- percentage for sixth place, I think. 4.2%. <laughs> this is kind of like a game show. Will it make the graphics? It's like a game show. <laughs> Will it make the graphics? Yeah, we're playing At our Hartford. own version of the prices right over here. Yeah, <laughs> Hartford Regionals. Um, but yeah, I, we didn't put any predictions down here like we usually do, but I thought I'd sneak one in there. Yeah. Um, Good looks. I don't think production will be too mad at us. Uh, but yeah, Chip, you got anything else uh, you want to get out there before we send the people uh, or send ourselves out? <laughs> i don't think so i think that's going to do it for us as well thanks as always to everyone for listening checking out the podcast and showing your support if you enjoy please be sure to leave a review a rating over on your favorite podcasting platform also drop us a like and subscribe here on the youtube channel if that is where you are watching and if you want to interact with us more and stay up to date with what's going on in our lives and also with the podcast the best place to do that is over on Twitter. You can follow myself at Chipperchi, Azul at Azul underscore GG, and you can follow the podcast at Uncommon underscore Energy. Yep, appreciate the support as always. Good luck to everyone playing in uh, any of those major tournaments this week in uh, Malmo, Hartford, or Buenos Aires. And uh, yeah, if you want to say what's up, you see me at uh, Hartford, feel free to say what's up. I'm sure Chip feels the same. Um, and uh, see you all next Tuesday, 7 a.m. Eastern.